Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 35. guys doing adjusted the mic a little bit i think it's a little little hot today uh man i've been working on my taxes doing the expenses and the, 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 the charitable giving accounting and trying to decide what to do about income that never got 1099 like my kickstarter income i think i'm gonna be honest about it though i'm gonna declare it if for no other reason than it'll explain my massive amount of freelance expenses because now that I have a full-time job, it's really hard to de- defend all those freelance expenses, so I will use the Kickstarter income for it. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, fun financial goings-on here in Chatham County. We had some visitors this week. That was nice. Our friends Mia and Jason stayed with us for a couple nights. They've been in Ukraine for the Peace Corps for two years, so we haven't seen them in quite some time. That was pretty exciting. They stayed a couple nights, and we had some good conversations. That was really nice, just sitting around the house, having conversations with friends. we got some other visitors coming soon-ish, a couple different sets in the next few months, so that'll be nice. I was just talking to my friend Sean about maybe him coming to visit soon, too. So that's nice. That'll be good. And of course, we got the parents taking care of Jane every morning. They just left a little while ago today. Uh, they've got a new game they play with Jane. <laughs> my mom was describing it to me. It sounded so cute. Jane picks up a toy and she hands it to my mom. And my mom hands it to my dad. And then Jane picks the, the toy for my dad. And then he brings it over to my mom. And then he hands it to my mom. And then she hands it to my dad. And then Jane picks it up for my dad. And which is really nice because my dad and Jane haven't been interacting a whole lot. So my mom has found a way to get them all to interact. So that's pretty exciting. Other than that, she's doing good. The only annoying thing this week, last week or two, is she's just been kicking her legs and bitching like a little baby whenever we change her diaper. And it's really annoying. I don't understand why she's acting like a little baby. But uh, yeah, she didn't used to mind. She was fine, very polite and well-behaved during diaper change. But now she's just kicking and struggling. And this happened once before, probably like five months. But ugh, it's such a pain. It just makes the whole thing so much harder. And then it's weird though, it's just like butt wiping basically. As soon as you're done cleaning up the butt part and then you're like putting the diaper on, she's like, okay, hi, I'm happy again. What's going on? And she bears no resentment. It like has no like, even, you know, it's instantaneous. She's like, okay, I'm happy again. Huh. And you know, it's like this happened once before and there's a rash or like something, but there's nothing, it doesn't look like anything's wrong. So I don't really know. There's no like rashy or spots or anything. So cuts or anything like that. I don't know why it's hurting her so much. Or maybe it's not hurting her and she just doesn't like it. I don't know. So that's a bit of a concern. But other than that, Jane's doing great. Quite pleasant little baby these days. Chatham County's doing pretty great. Uh, a lot of people on the Chatham chat list arguing about libertarianism. Uh, it's pretty depressing. It's all about school lunches. And then there's this person that's clearly doing like uh, GoFundMes that are scammy. And people are calling her out on it. It's like good drama. I'm into it. But then there's a lot of, you know, like, just like, hey, I make the baked goods or I got a used car for sale. That's actually really kind of quite charming and small townish. That I, I like that about it. But I'm not getting involved. I'm not getting involved. I'm just just reading, reading the Chatham chat list. 
All right, and we went out to dinner with our friend Harry and his son Julian last week, and tonight we're going to see Harry and his wife Alice and some other friends from out of town, so that'll be fun, get some socializing in. Yeah, life in Chatham County, it's been very gray, so I haven't been getting tons of uh, power from my solar panels, but, you know, they're making a dent. They took like $100 off our electric bill last month. That's pretty cool. That's, a, that's not nothing, right? They'll pay themselves back someday. Uh, let's see. Music. Sold two things on Discogs this week. I sold uh, an electric company CD, a Pert Cyclic Omen. The electric company is a side project of Brad Laner from Medicine, so it sounds like the noisier, crazier parts of Medicine. I strongly recommend Electric Company, although I don't know how you're going to listen to them because they're not on Spotify. I just checked. That's kind of a bummer. Then I sold a Wallflower CD. That was actually Emma's. About six months ago, Emma gave me all her CDs and said, you can go and sell these too. So I've been selling hers as well. Uh, most of them sold. You know, she had a lot of Fleetwood Mac popular stuff. That stuff all sold really fast because it was like a dollar for a Fleetwood Mac CD, which is a great deal in anyone's life. But, uh, you know, the Wallflower is a little less popular. I actually stand by Jacob Dylan's late, later period solo records, though. I really enjoy those. I, I've got a couple of them. Don't know if I still own them anymore, but they're ripped. Uh, I think I've even talked about Jake and Dylan on this podcast before, now that I think about it. Evil is alive and well. Anyway, so what else? Uh, we had a lot of new stuff to listen to this week. First up, we got Rima Rima, Fond Reflections. Rima Rima is an early band, 80s sort of post-punk early goth band on 480 records they had an ep out ages ago called wheel and the roses which i own never been re-released the members of remo remo went on into adam and the ants uh and but mainly the two guys the two main bodies of dudes in rima rima first they they joined a come uh, another band called mass that was on 4ad i've got their stuff too has not been reissued yet i'm hoping 4ad gets to that next but then they split up and two guys went on to join to found uh, the wolfgang press and then the other two guys went to found renegade Soundwave. Uh, so that doesn't actually tell you anything about what Reamer Reamer sounds like, though. It sounds nothing like Renegade Soundwave or the Wolfgang Press, but it's pretty great. Uh, if you're a This Mortal Coil fan, the song Fond Affections on the first of This Mortal Coil album is a Reamer Reamer cover, but the Reamer Reamer album is super, super, well, it's not even an album. It had an EP. They had an EP out before, and then this is mostly like rehearsal room recordings and stuff like that. They sound really good, though, I gotta say, for rehearsal room recordings, but, uh, you know, it's noisy. It's post-punk. It's it's like uh, slow and noisy, but I'm into it. A little dirgy. It's great to hear it. And it's a really nice master. And that is on Spotify. If you want to listen to Rima Rima Fond Reflections on Spotify. Uh, and then I listened to a ton of John Stewart. I think I mentioned him before because he was. they played a song by his mother country in the Apollo 11 IMAX film I watched last weekend. And I was like, oh, yeah, this guy. You know, you know I realized, figured out who he was because he's the guy that sings that people out they're turning music into gold song that was like his hit but you know he was mainly a songwriter he wrote daydream believer and a bunch of monkey songs a bunch of other top hits for other people but he's got a ton of solo albums like 40 and i was like i need to sort of listen to this so i listened to like a mid-period best of and then uh, i listened to a pretty recent one called havana that was actually i mean i think he died like four or five years ago but he, i mean he was making album after album after album right up to the end and some of them they definitely have a pretty republican bent to them i mean it wouldn't you know not like uh, ted nugent style but like fighting for this country and stuff like that but then there's others that are just weird stuff there's this great song i discovered called davy on the internet on his album havana 
that's just really weird and I'm really into it. Davey on the internet. Uh, so I listened to that a lot. And then uh, because of the Rima Rima, I was like, I'm going to listen to some of these other new 4AD signings. So I listened to the Methyl Ethyl album Triage, gave it one listen. It left absolutely no impression. Going to listen to it again soon. New Aldous Harding single, The Barrel. Uh, that was great. New Pix single. I liked her first single. I didn't really like her album. The second single called Disgrace is pretty good. Very, very different than the first one, but I'm into it. And I'm going to listen to see what's going on with her lately. There's a new Foles single called Sunday. That is pretty good. Man, my audio is all screwed up. I really think my, my baby ruined this mic. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see if we can fix it. All right. We figured it out, I think. This is a little bit better, right? A little tighter? A little less sibilant? Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. But we're going to go with it today. Tell me what you think. I think Chain's been messing with the condenser diaphragm settings here on the mic and the gain, but I feel pretty good about this. This is all right, and it sounds a little bit better, less, less electric. Uh, yeah, anyway, so Foles, then I listened to the Big Thief single, UFOF. That was pretty good, too. So a lot of interesting stuff going on 4AD. I had never heard uh, Big Thief or Aldous Harding or Methyl Ethyl before, so I, I kind of like them. They all had something going to them. Uh, picks I have heard before. Had a lot of hope for her on her first single, and I just didn't really care for the album. So I don't know. Maybe this is going to be good again. Then I listened to the new Pond album, Tasmania. Gave it two listens. It's interesting, but I'm not really feeling it. And I listened to the new Solange album, When I Get Home, which sounded super cool. Every song's kind of samey, but there's a cool samey song, man. It's like got like a cool sophistication to it. It's like soul meets everything, but the girl meets like late period Nina Cherry. I don't know. It's cool. I'm really into that. Then I listened to the Guardians of the Galaxy double vinyls, awesome mixtape and score. I bought that on vinyl at Target. <laughs> I went to Target a couple weeks back and I was like, oh, they have the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack on vinyl. I'll buy this. And so I did. Uh, That's pleasant listen. Score's fine. Uh, awesome mixtape, of course, is awesome. They're not kidding about that. It is an awesome mixtape. So, yeah, that's what I've been listening to this week. Uh, and since then, I, I spent a lot of time listening to Jon Stewart. I mean, I probably listened to like seven Jon Stewart albums, but and that was, a little, that was a little excessive. But really, I've been going through everything I listened to this year and sort of cleaning up the two Investigate playlists, giving everything one final listen and adding tracks to my starred tracks, stuff like Japanese Bubblegum and, uh, you know, the, the last, uh, the Jeff Tweedy solo album, the Mike Posner album. I re-listened to all those today and just sort of added starred tracks. Listen to Bare Hands again right now. Stuff you already mentioned to you. I'm just, you know, sometimes the to investigate cue just gets way too long. And then I'm like, oh, this is out of control. So I'm trying to, you know, maintain it and prune it and things like that. Man, I feel like somewhere along the line, I really ruined all my mic settings and everything just sounds like garbage. I don't know. It's going to take a lot of work, but I'm not going to do it this week. So I apologize. Moving on to TV. Uh, let's see. We finished The Crown. That was pretty exciting. We finished the second season. It's going to be really weird like when they do the third season. So for those of you that don't know, they just completely changed the cast of the whole show, right? So everybody's going to be played by a different actor. I don't know if like some of the minor characters are, but all the, the main ones, the uh, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip and all that stuff. And, you know, it's cool. Queen Elizabeth's going to be played by Olivia Colman this time. That'll be really nice. And, like, I really like some of the new actors, but I've never experienced this where a show just is going to change the cast, the entire main cast i feel like it's gonna be very jarring maybe less so if there's a big gap but we just finished it and the new season comes out this year so i think that might be a little strange i enjoy the crown i think it's very interesting i love the history lesson of it i find it you know 
I think that like as an English person, it's probably crazy because, uh, you know, like the Profumo affair, we just did that, which I have always known about because I was really obsessed with the movie Scandal throughout the, it came out in the nineties. I was really into that, but you know, the, uh, the, the sort of finale centered around the, the, the Royal family's interaction with the Profumo affair. And they sort of talked about how Prince Philip was almost wrapped up in it. Right. And then, you know, he was almost wrapped up. <laughs> it's absolutely true. And then you Google that. And then like most of the articles that come out now, like the pop culture articles are like, oh, yeah, that's not really true. That was all for, you know, just for dramatic tension and things like that. And like we spoke to the royal historian and they said no. But you know what? No, it was. And like the guy that's making this show knows a lot more about this stuff than any of these people that are writing these pop culture articles. And if you dig deeper, like the articles that came out before this show came out, you know, here's some interesting that portrait. There's a portrait that whatever the associations are very clear the the the, the files of the perfume affair are still sealed by the royal family <laughs> you know and uh but then it's interesting too because the the actors in the show when they're interviewed in in uh magazines and on, by, by journalists they say oh you know yeah we might take a few liberties but i don't think it's actually taking very many liberties on like concrete historical facts like that i think it knows more than most people if you think about it like there's millions of people or you know, hundreds of people that could be interviewed for these things and they've spoken to press and different things and things like that and the, 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 the creator's really doing his homework and i think it's like kind of forcing an interesting reckoning with the with England between him and them and their relationship to the crown. You know, there's one episode where JFK appeared and even that alone, like, which I know is historically accurate because I think the Kennedys are kind of dicks, but, uh, you know, that alone was probably very shocking to Americans. And that's like what the whole show is like to the English, I suspect. So I find that all kind of interesting. I think it's, it's very well done. There are moments though, you know, it's got to ride some ambiguity that, uh, make it a little bit harder, I think, but it's good. It's good. So yeah, that's done. I don't know what we're going to watch next. So I guess we're, we'll take some recommendations from the audience. If you guys, there's anything you think we should watch next, let me know. Still watching the Orville. Watch that cool two-parter. That was pretty awesome. I really like the Orville. I think it's better than Trek. I think I talk about this every week, so nothing really more to say about that. And yeah, not much TV this week. Not much TV. Uh, did watch some movies. Watch Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Mr. Rogers documentary when me and Jason were in town. That was really great. And then me and Jason hadn't seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So we bought that because it came out on video and we all rewatched that, which is as fantastic the second time as it was the first time. It's really nice knowing it on video. Haven't dug into the special features yet. That's kind of a project for this weekend, probably. Turning to books, when I talked to you guys last week, I just finished the Madeline Lingle five-volume Wrinkle in Time, a time quintet, and after that I picked up uh, Mary Wollstonecroft's A Vindication of the Rights of Women. This is sort of one of the earliest feminist works. Uh, it got a pretty thorough mention in Gotham when I was reading Gotham because it, was, it caused a big sensation in New York in the late 1700s. And, uh, you know, it was on Amazon for a free read if you're an Amazon Prime member, so I downloaded it then. And, you know, I'm still in the short books by women phase, so I, I read that this week. And, you know, I got to say, I, it's it's very interesting. It sort of spawned this whole project. I'm going to read, like, a bunch of feminist works this year, kind of in rough chronological order, because, you know, I was thinking, well, if I'm reading all these books by women, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't cheat and just read books by women on topics I like. I should, you know 
take that suggestion in the spirit it was intended and read some feminist works. I read Good and Bad last Good and Mad last year by Rebecca Traster. That was great. So I'm like, I'm going to do this. I want to start at the beginning. So I read this first because it is widely acknowledged as one of the earliest feminist works before the word feminism existed. And, you know, it's a hard read. I'm not going to lie. Like uh, most of its points of view now are, if anything, considered slightly conservative. I mean, you know, it talks a lot about marriage. It talks a lot about how women should have an education. It talks about how much stronger men are, but their women have other charms. And, and that's a little rough, you know, because it's so dated. But and then it's like uh, it spends a lot of time like rebutting other writers. And, you know, the world of like writing people in Western culture was so small that she just refers to them all as Dr. So-and-so and Lord so-and-so. And some of them all recognize, you know, like John Stuart Mill or something like that and uh rousseau but then some of them you're like i don't know who this is and i have to now read like a, literally there's like an hour-long chapter at one point rebutting the like works of some dude i don't even know and it's just tedious it's so tedious and you know like that's i don't know that was kind of unpleasant it is very hard to read and it really you know like i get it it's important as a historical document and i don't i disagree from i consider it more conservative on the feminist side of things than i would feel but you know i, I get where it, it sits in the pantheon and things like that but man now that it was painful it was like pulling teeth by the end because it's also very repetitive it's not long but it still manages to be really repetitive because it rebuts like 10 different authors one by one so you know it uses the same arguments repeatedly and i'm reading and i'm like this is why people hate to read when they're like forced to read stuff like this in school like i got really bitter towards the end i was like i can't do this and and i started like my mind would wander and i was just reading the words because i already got the point and she's so verbose that like it takes you know many pages to get the point across and you're like i get it i get it i get it you should marry for friendship and not love yes i get it love like fades okay okay like i don't know and i started to like it felt like penance like i'm like i'm just reading this as like it's like lashings you know <laughs> or something like that it was really not pleasant and i was very very thankful to be done and you know i was like looking for single passages or single sections because remember when you were like young in school and they would make you read little like chapters of devil and daniel webster or something like that and cotton mather and i was like what chapter could you pull from this that would sum up her writings and sadly it's like the dedication at the very beginning to rousseau after that you don't really need to read the rest <laughs> It was really painful. So uh, right upon finishing it, I needed a palate cleanser. And I just read the next shortest book in my Kindle. I just started it. And it's by a man. I feel bad. But it just came out. It's by Cass Sunstein. And it's called On Freedom. I am a sucker for anything with the title On X. Because I, I love that. On writing. On this. On that. And, uh, you know, it's really an expansion of uh, Sunstein and Thaler's nudge theory, and it sort of takes nudge theory into the philosophical realm, which I, I'm finding very interesting. It is super short. I'll be done with it tomorrow, probably. But uh, so far, it's really solid, and I, I recommend it. I'll, we'll talk more about that next week, though. But yeah, so now, you know, I'm looking at the next feminist books to read in order. I made myself a little list of feminist books, and there's a giant gap. I looked at the Wikipedia page for feminist books. Giant gap. The 1800s, pretty light on feminist books, but there's a lot of, like, uh, speeches and publications. So I pulled out, like, you know, like the Seneca Falls declarations and a seminal speech by Katie Elizabeth Stanton. I think one other work that'll get me through the 1800s before you get into the 1900s, where really it's like every decade or so, there's another seminal feminist work. It's got about 20 total. I'll probably try and read like one or two a month and not, you know, I'm not going to like hunker down and only read them, but I'm going to try and make 2019 a year of getting through sort of the major feminist work. So that'll be interesting. 
I'll probably read one more palette cleanser. There's a couple other short books in my Kindle I want to get through. And uh, there's a couple other women's books I want to get through. I want to read them. Lives of Monster Dogs by Kristen Backus and the Naomi Klein book that I've been meaning to read forever in Janesville. And I need to read that book on public authority. So I'm going to read all that and then I'm going to do another feminist book or two. So we'll see. We'll see. Work. Work is going great. You know, you can really feel the momentum changing at that place. It's kind of nice. I've been doing a lot of phone screens. We've been interviewing a lot of people. We've got two hires down. And we got, we're close on a third in the programmatic room. We're doing all those interviews right now. And, uh, you know, talking to these people and saying what we've been doing and talking to people in other programmatic companies. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'd much rather work there because a lot of them are getting screwed by GDPR because they don't touch consumers, stuff like that. And we're, you know, I think in some ways they're kind of like the first post data, post uh, new realm of privacy kind of ad tech company because we are totally okay with all the like privacy things. And I'm assuming and hoping that a GDPR like law will come to the United States and we're ready for it. Cause we're not like premised on data, right? We're not every ad tech company pivoted to data at one point or another. And I think it's kind of biting them in the ass now and we're not doing that. So like, that's kind of nice. But yeah, more than, you know, just more broadly, I can just really feel it turning around and getting some good consultants in, getting like our growth marketing really straightened out, getting our business processes straightened out around Nimbus, uh, hired these consultants called MediaLink that are sort of like good, you know, like go-go jet setting, introduce you to people kind of consultants. So that'll be fun. Looking at some technical writers to get the documentation for the SDK. There's a lot going on at work and it is really taking up a lot of my time, but I'm really into it and I'm pretty, I find it pretty rewarding. So, you know, it's cutting into projects, but right now I think I'm okay with it. This is definitely, it's, it's not as painful and near death as it was last year. Everything was, you know, I never thought I was going to die, but, uh, it was it was definitely tougher last year. It feels like the momentum's a lot better now. So that's good. Feeling good about work. Uh, other tech stuff. <laughs> there was a great rant on Twitter by a guy I didn't I don't really know much about. His his Twitter handle is Gravis the Post Lizard at Gravis Lizard. And it was just a wonderful rant about the ridiculousness of there's a recent ruling in an autonomous car wreck where the person driving the car wasn't found at fault. And he was like, we're just like that. The courts are going to decide that the people behind the wheel of cars aren't at fault. And, you know, like the machines aren't going to be at fault and the people aren't going to be at fault. And of course, if the people now are, nobody's going to even want to touch the steering wheel because then it'll be like their fault. So they're just going to let the cars hit people. And we just gave up control of all this to the cars. And I thought it was really interesting at first. You know, it's definitely a rant. It's almost a polemic and it, it, it meanders, but it's a Twitter rant. So what do you expect? But it made some fantastically good points about all that and actually kind of filled me with dread about the autonomous car period. And like, this is just all happening without any real regulation around it. And you know, he's like, imagine if a pilot said this on a plane, right? <laughs> like, the, he's like, the person behind the wheel should be responsible for the car and it should be responsible for what it does. And we're just giving that up without even thinking about it. And I really enjoyed that rant. It made me, it got me thinking it was last night. Anyway, check out at Gravis Lizard. He seems like kind of a weird dude, but I'm into that particular rant. I tweeted it out. I said, this rant is so great. Uh, and then I've been thinking a lot about Netflix algorithms, right? So my Netflix recommendations suck. I don't know about you guys, but mine are just terrible. They're just awful. They're, they're no good. And so I, I kind of poked around on the internet for how to clean them up. And they're like, well, you can take out things that you watched out of your, you know, your watched history and the Netflix algorithms will adjust. So I went up and I did that. There were a few times Emma had watched something on my account instead of hers. So, you know, I had a couple like things that didn't really fit mine. So I did that about a week ago and it has gotten no better. 
and I just, I just can't stand it. And I, you know, they need to show me like four things. <laughs> it's like sometimes it's the most ridiculous shit. Like we finished the crown. So like, because you watch the crown, you should watch period end of a sentence. And I'm like, okay, actually I've been meaning to see that, but like, there is no reason that you should be recommending that to me, you know, because I watched the crown. I need to watch a documentary about menstruation. Okay. So I just, you know, like I have often thought of the Netflix algorithm being one recommendation algorithm that's pretty good. Whereas I'm very, very vehemently against the Spotify algorithm and the Amazon algorithm, which are two other algorithms people say are good. And now that this one I think also sucks. I just, I'm not into algorithms. I can't find the one that ever is any good for me. It's just bad. It's just bad. And I just wanted to let you guys know that today. You know what? I'm done today. I haven't touched a single project. It's been all work. I weigh exactly the same as I did last week. What's the point of talking about that stuff this week? Last week was really long, so you get a really short one this week. I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the weird podcast that's radically different lengths every week. That's okay, right? I hope so. Take care. See you next week. <laughs>